Where was Allah when this horrible thing was happening to me? Where was Allah and why did Allah allow such a traumatic incident to take place in my life? SubhanAllah, this is a question that I've been receiving a lot and I think that anyone that is in the position of counseling people, caring for people, come across this question. Was Allah not there when I watched someone beloved to me die a very slow death or when I went through a situation in which someone showed me such cruelty and that cruelty prevailed in this life. And I think that all of us as we look back and reflect on some of the trials that we have been through, while we cannot rationalize each and every single trial, we can look back and perhaps we can think of certain wisdoms and certain things that came out of that, even if that was the simple building of character or the closeness that we gained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the strengthening of faith. And maybe that strengthening of faith came after a period of crisis. But what happens when you're in the middle of it? What happens when you are in your darkest moments? And SubhanAllah, every single person as they are going through their darkest moments are going to have voices and influences around them, whether they are direct or indirect, that give context to what they are facing. So for example, you find in Musa salam's case as they reach the sea. The people of Musa salam say to him with the army of Fir'aun behind him, look what you got us into. We're caught, it's over. We're going to be butchered by this army of Fir'aun. And you can imagine the effect that they can have on someone, the pressure that Musa salam is already under. You're not helping the situation by telling me, inna la mudrakun, we're, we're caught. Let me figure out a way out, right? But it was the yaqeen, the certainty of Musa salam, not in the stick that was in his hand. My Lord is with me. He's going to guide me to a way out. I don't know yet what that way out is. I don't know how. I don't know if that means that lightning is going to come down from the sky and strike the entire army of Fir'aun dead. I don't know if that means that we are going to die as shuhada, as martyrs perhaps. Allah mentions, do not say of those who were killed in the way of Allah that they're dead. Asya alayhi salam if you were watching her, you would think what a horrible ending for her. But before the stone even touched her body, Allah already had her soul taken to him in paradise. So Musa Islam could have said, look, we're gonna die as shuhada, like the magicians. I believe in Allah and I believe in the Lord of Musa and Harun. Allah did not drown the army of Fir'aun then. All of them were killed and they died as shuhada. They woke up as magicians and they went to sleep that night through death as martyrs. But he says, in the ma'i rabbi sayyadeen. My Lord is with me. He's going to guide me. And that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him that miracle. And then on a deeply individual level, Ayyub alayhi salam, as he's going through what he is going through. And the only two companions of Ayyub alayhi salam, Ayyub overhears them saying, Ayyub must have done something awful. Because if Allah loved Ayyub alayhi salam, he wouldn't punish him this way. You see Ayyub salam having lost everything. And you see him curled up on a bed, barely able to breathe. And can you imagine the impact on Ayyub salam when he hears, you must have done something awful for you to be in this situation. And then Ya'qub salam, the father of Yusuf salam. Is it not enough that Ya'qub salam has suffered with the kidnapping of his son by his other sons and not seeing him for all of these years? And as he smells the scent of Yusuf salam, and the people of the household tell him that this is just your craziness. You've just lost it, old man. 
You don't know what you're talking about again. You've driven us crazy talking about Yusuf. Forget about Yusuf, enough about Yusuf, move on from Yusuf. That's what they told him. Move on, as if he needed to hear that. And he responds with protest. I'm not complaining to you. I'm complaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm not complaining to you and seeking answers from you. I am pouring my heart out to Allah. Do you think that was the first time Ya'qub cried for Yusuf Don't you think that maybe five, ten years in to the disappearance of his son, that there could have been a moment where, okay, should I stop now crying for my son Yusuf? But look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to him. And then you come to Yusuf Dear brothers and sisters, the story of Yusuf is the story of Allah al-Latif, Allah who is subtle yet ever-present. The story of Yusuf is a story of a man who goes from place to place, circumstance to circumstance. And every single one of those circumstances only makes sense at the end. Now if you fast forward to the end, Yusuf is sitting on his throne and he is looking at the culmination of everything coming back together. And he's saying, Alhamdulillah, all praises be to Allah. And my Lord never forsake me. He never let me down. It all came back together and I never doubted him. My Lord is subtle with what he decrees. I knew that there was something behind it. I want you to think about Yusuf When you look through the story of Yusuf did it have to be that many years? Did he have to go to prison too? Couldn't Yusuf wasn't enough to take him to Egypt through the dumping of him in the well and then the enslaving of Yusuf and taking him back to Egypt from Palestine? Did he also have to go through being slandered and being in prison? And then the desperation in prison and hoping that the man that he helped would remember him when speaking to the king? Did he really have to go through all of that? However, subhanAllah, here's the thing. This isn't just the story of Yusuf What did Allah intend for the wife of Al-Aziz? What did Allah intend for the prisoners that would come into exposure of Yusuf what did Allah intend for the people of Egypt? You know, if Yusuf grew up in Palestine, then the entire rescue of Egypt from what was to come to them would never have happened. What did Allah intend for the people of Egypt? Was there a righteous person in Egypt as well that was making dua and Allah sent them relief as well? What about the prisoners that Yusuf interacted with whose names we don't actually know? Every single one of these people has a path and has a decree a course, a trajectory that is perfectly charted out by the one who is most knowledgeable and most wise and most subtle in what he wills. But we often tend to limit ourselves to the immediate dimension of pain that we are feeling. The immediate dimension of pain that we are feeling. I ask you this question, do you think that maybe the experiences of Yusuf did not just raise his degree in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his reward in paradise. But don't you think now when Yusuf hears about those people in prison who otherwise he probably would have never interacted with, that maybe he doesn't make the assumption that they are all guilty of what they are imprisoned with? Don't you think Yusuf, who will now sit on a throne, is thinking about the conditions of the people that are in prison? Isn't that part of what makes him great? Isn't Yusuf now best suited 
to judge with justice because he has been on the other side of injustice and falsely slandered, isn't Yusuf now in a moral capacity to teach the people about healing and forgiveness because he has had to bear the pain of the ultimate sense of forgiveness. You know, it's like someone said about Muhammad Ali, Alhamdulillah, someone stole, Muhammad, or some, someone stole his bike. Thank God, or, or someone, you know, Alhamdulillah that he had that experience as a kid because the proud Muhammad Ali that we love so much is a culmination of all of those experiences. You read about An-Najashi, and his justice and grace and his principle to not sacrifice the Muslims that were brought before him. Do you know that An-Najashi was plotted against as a child by his own uncle and cousins? They tried to kill him and sell him into slavery and Allah brought him back and put him on the throne. And what did Aisha say that Najashi used to say? Allah did not do with me what they wanted him to do with me. And so I will not do with them, meaning these innocent Muslims, what they want me to do with them. I will show them the generosity and the grace that Allah showed to me in that situation. Dear brothers and sisters, when you call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are not just calling upon Allah for His power. You're not just calling upon Him because of His capability. You're calling upon Him for His wisdom as well. And I want you to fast forward inshallah ta'ala and think about that moment where you're sitting on your throne bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Your throne in paradise, like Yusuf alayhi salam. And there was a brother who suffered a lot and he told me, you know, I'm patient and I'm seeking Allah's reward and I have no doubt that Allah will give me what He has promised me. But on the day of judgment and bi-idhnillahi ta'ala after we pass into al-jannah, I'm going to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the explanation of everything that has manifested in my life. And I said, you know what? You get to Jannah, go ahead and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what was the wisdom of this that I could not understand in the immediate dimension of my pain and in my human limitations where I can only see a pixel of a picture and sometimes not even that. Ya Allah, explain it to me. You know what? In Jannah, it all makes sense and it doesn't even need to make sense because it's all worth it with the reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised to you. So when someone says to me, can you explain to me why this happened to me in particular. If I was sitting with Yusuf in prison and Yusuf was to ask, can you tell me why I'm in prison right now after all these years and unjustly accused? I would not have been able to give him an answer. The greatest scholar in the world would not have been able to give him an answer because it's not in our human capability to do so. But when you call upon Allah, don't limit Allah to your immediate experience. Understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has charted out a trajectory for you. And you better believe that everything that has happened to you, you don't have to go back and rationalize every single hardship you've been through and sit there and say, maybe this happened for that and I can rationalize it. No, but that the collection of your experiences were given to you in a way to facilitate the best version of yourself in this dunya and the akhirah. I want you to listen to me again. The collection of your experiences, I can promise you, are there to bring out the best version of you in this dunya and give you the best version of Allah's reward in the akhirah. If you heed the lessons. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to heed those lessons. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us His perfect reward. Allahumma ameen.